Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top quality personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. Sometimes your cat can be a mystery, like when they get so attached to certain cardboard boxes. <laughs> but when you use Fresh Step Cat Litter, there's no question that you're making your cat happy thanks to amazing odor control. Fresh Step Clumping Cat Litters prevent stinky crumbles and make scooping easy by locking in liquid and odor immediately. That means you can keep your house clean and your bond strong. There's no mystery here. Find Fresh Step Cat Litter at a store near you. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, honey, you know your dad's world-famous chili. Yeah, the one that takes 24 hours to make. So I was trying to help out and bring the pot to the table, but it was like super hot. And then I um dropped it. And now the floor looks all, you know, stained with chili. Look, the point is, you guys cool with pizza for dinner? <laughs> honey? Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. All right. Welcome back to the run.down post-game show here on the Strickland YouTube channel. If you listen to this today after the Strickland Podcast Network, I am Sam. I'm joined by Tyrese and now Schwinn. Um, Knicks lose 113 to 105 in another meaningless game at the end of the season for the Knicks. Um, Pelicans really needed this game for seeding purposes, so they were really going all out. Um, but yeah, you know, another I game. Give, Ar- I don't give a fuck about this game, bro. Let's talk about the fucking maps. These Knicks, oh, these motherfuckers in that goddamn. What were you gonna say? I don't care. Yeah, never mind. Look, never mind. I can't even say that word because all the players was white today. Um, <laughs> shameless, shameless organization from top to bottom, and I'm glad they'd be getting chewed out nationally because they deserve it. We'll talk about the game later. This game is really boring aside from like two other points, but like. Let's just talk about one 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 major point that I did point out in a tweet today. Yes, yes, R.J. Simmons, but like R.J. Simmons. Ah, uh, okay. What do they think that getting a top ten pick is going to do for this franchise? Like, oh great, you're going to be able to trade that pick and then what twenty twenty seven pick and maybe, I mean, get get um what? What are you going to get with twenty twenty three twenty twenty seven pick and like expiring salary? What do they expect to get? What do they expect to fix their franchise with? They're not going to have their taxpayer available section because that's gone. They can't trade picks seven years into the future. Like, this team is absolutely royally screwed, and they decided to just shamelessly take, which is one of the most shameless tanks I've ever seen in my life. Like, they pulled out guys who had it going just to tank. Like, Markeith Morris played eight minutes this game. He got pulled. JaVale McGee got pulled. Fucking Jaden Hart. Jaden Hardy, they're a rookie. You should be giving him reps in this situation, and he got pulled. They played Luka Dodgers the entire first quarter. He got pulled. They rested a bunch of their dudes. Like, they rested Josh Green. Josh Green has barely been playing for your franchise for the last three years. You have had a contract extension, and somehow he just got rested. Like, Christian Wood is about to be a free agent. You just rested him. This team is absolutely shameless. They have no direction, no sense of culture, no sense of self, and that is why Luka Doncic is leaving that team next offseason. So, like, great congratulations. That's your top ten pick. You're going to draft somebody. You're not going to be able to develop them anyway. You guys suck at drafting and developing people. Your best draft pick in the last century is fat. And your second best draft pick 
is on the Knicks. Congratulations. That franchise is absolutely destruct absolutely destructive. They should be moved to Seattle. Get them out of my great state of Texas. Continue with the show. Fuck the Mavericks, man. All right. Way to start off the show. Good job, Tyrese. Proud of you. <laughs> Uh, I'm not too pressed about the Maverick situation. I mean, it sucks that we probably won't get our pick. Um, there's a possibility that you know Adam Silver screws them over by giving some other team who loses in the play in like OKC. Okay, do, do they basically just have the tenth best odds now, no matter what? Is that yeah, I think I think so. I saw something the other day though about a situation where like it might go into a coin flip with OKC. Depending, I think they had to win tonight for that to happen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow, is that a nice, nice little cup of tea you got going there, Sam? Not some cranberry juice. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's classy. Yep, very classy. Got to keep it classy on a Friday night. Um, But, yeah, I mean, go, going to this game and Hug Life just kind of leaves the comment that, like, kind of encapsulates, I think, what we're probably going to spend a good majority of tonight's stream talking about in regards to the Knicks. And, you know, we will talk about playoff matchups and all that other good stuff. But um, R.J. Barrett made his return tonight. Um, Had a really interesting game. Forty. If he had twenty six, seven and eight, or seven and six, or something like that, right? Yeah. So yeah. I mean, the the box score it looks good. Um, if you don't look at the three point, you know, <laughs> shooting, um, over nine is objectively bad from three. Um, and I tweeted out after the game. I said the Cavs are going to give this guy the Ben Simmons treatment because, like, I mean, he was open a bunch tonight, and for obvious reasons but yeah i i did so i like didn't i literally did not watch this game at all until the fourth quarter mm-hmm. um were all of his three were oh like he took that one three that was i don't know what the hell that was in the corner that was just not a three he should take he airballed it uh and then he took that wide open one from the top of the key i think it was like it would have cut the lead to two uh i don't remember what the exact score was but it would have cut the lead to two with like a minute 15 left or something it was wide open, got it off the front rim. And, like, I don't know. Again, I didn't watch this, so I'm not going to, like, pretend like I'm – I'm not going to fucking kill him because, I again, I didn't watch it, so I don't really know. Well, I mean, if you go to um, all his three-point shots, you might. But. Well, yeah, like, that's you – what know, I was going to say is uh, – all I would say is this, like, again, without having watched the game, he he was a game time decision, so maybe he's under the weather, whatever. That's he, fine. I assume that he had bubble guts because he was yeah. eating a bowl of plain white rice before the yeah, game. Right. I you know, I, I get it. That's fine. So like that's fine. Maybe he's under the weather. I think the real problem though is like we've just seen too many of these games where it's like he can't buy a three and he's getting a diet of wide open threes. He's like I, I would love to know what he's shooting on wide open threes this year. I could probably I could look it up in a second uh, when I'm not typing or when I'm not talking, but it cannot be good. And the problem I think that you're seeing ultimately is this: like, if you're gonna, it doesn't matter who he's playing with. Um, if he's playing with any great player, any great creator, any star, whatever, you've got to be able to play off ball. You've got to be able to spot up. You've got to be able to hit some threes doesn't need to be some like he doesn't need to be Ray Allen but he can't be fucking Michael Carter Williams either and if he's not going to cash in any of these wide open looks that's a really big problem and you know like you mentioned it feels like increasingly when he plays teams are just like giving him 
Isaac Okoro treatment, where it's like, okay, you're wide open from three. We'll give that to you. We're we'll 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 come and contest after you're you, know, you get into your shooting motion and you're up with the three, but we're not gonna guard you while you're off ball. We're gonna have your man hang off, help to paint, help to drives, whatever the fuck it is. Um and if that's the case, like if he can't make them pay, it is a problem. And we're at the point now where one game left in the regular season. We've seen 81 games obviously already played. I don't even know how many he's played this year. What does he play? Like 70 or something? Whatever the fuck he's played this year. Um, we have seen enough from him this year where it's like, if he just gets it going in the playoffs, that's great. I'll be very, very happy. And I'll, I'll be thrilled. I'd be fucking ecstatic about it. You can't really bank on that at this point. And um, that's a really big problem. And it's a really big concern. So it is what it is. Like I, again, I didn't watch the game. So if he's the game worst minus 15 and whatever, I'm not going to kill him for that. Like, I don't think down the stretch, he was necessarily the biggest issue with the team, whatever. I mean, I don't really care. Like to Tyree's point, I don't really give a fuck that they lost the game. I don't really care what happened on the stretch of this game. The Knicks played like they, they basically only had two starters, right? Like they played two starters today and they played, mm-hmm. they played six guys that are in the actual rotation and that's like if you're being generous, calling Obi a rotation player when Tibbs doesn't treat him like that. He didn't treat him like that tonight, you know, in a fucking essentially meaningless game. So, um, like, I think it's fair to say they only played like five guys that are really in the rotation tonight. Hartenstein, RJ, Hart, Grimes, Quick. And like, I don't know. I just, I don't really give a fuck about like, the RJ thing, there's no point in debating this. We've debated it all year, and there's nothing really further to talk about. It's just, it is what it is. Hopefully he gets it going in the playoffs. That'd be great. Um, and it's nice that he had a good game finishing inside the arc. And I will say this, like, the Pelicans, I think, have the number one defensive rating after all-star break. So this is not like some dog shit defensive outfit that you struggled against. Um, but looking again at the box score, like, I, the way I always feel about this is, like, it doesn't matter who your primary is, if it's Brunson, if it's quickly, whatever. You need at least your like two and three guys. Like I'm and I mean specifically like at the two, at the three. You need those guys to be able to knock down shots, regardless of who your primary is. And if RJ is gonna struggle hitting open shots, then he's gonna see his minutes get cut. Um so again, it is what it is. I'm not really losing much sleep about this game. I will go back and watch the first three quarters at some point, maybe tomorrow morning or something. Not sure. I'm going to give a fuck too much about it, but like, Oh, nine from three. I would assume most of those are fairly wide open looks. That's not great. And if he's under the weather and that's why he missed fine. But like at some point, you know, we can like, it's always something. It's always like he was sick. He was injured for a while. He hurt his finger. He, didn't get to work out this off season because he was dealing with his contract situation. Like it, there can be any number of mitigating reasons for why a player performs the way he performs. But if you like your performance is ultimately what matters and it doesn't matter to me what the mitigating reasons are after a certain point in time, like it just is what it is. So um, we'll see. Hopefully he gets into rhythm heading into the playoffs. Again, not going to kill him tonight. I don't watch the game, but if he he was the worst plus minus I think on the team, so maybe that says something. Again, I don't know, but 
yeah, I mean, I, I'm just like, I'm so bored of this conversation and I'm bored of like people that are like, oh, like you guys fucking want RJ to suck. Oh, you want him to fail. It's like, yeah, dude, I really want the guy logging the third most minutes on the team, starter, third overall pick that we paid $107 million. Yep, I'm sitting here rooting for him to fail. Like, please fucking suck my dick. Like, fuck off. Um, so people that think that, you know, I don't really care. I just think that's fucking absurd to think that. And, um, yeah, you know, guess what? We did brand ourselves the quick one for a day. You know why? Cause it's fun. It's fun to root for like good players, in your team. It's fun to root for fun, young players in your team. It was, it, it's, it was fun rooting for RJ when he wasn't being a fucking, when he didn't suck the first three years of his career. And like when there were at least mitigating under like circumstances that were understandable, this year, I just don't find like, uh, a lot of the reasoning that understandable. Like, I, I don't really get what the logic is here. Um, but again, I'm rooting for him. I want him to be good, and I hope that he plays better. And Brandon plays better. Just fucking because I, I look for just looking at the box score. Like, looks like he had a pretty good passing game. Doesn't look like he was forcing up a bunch of bullshit at the rim tonight. So that's that's good. I'm happy about that. That seems like a very good thing. And he's been doing a lot less of the forcing up bullshit at the rim since the all-star break but like you've got to be able to cash in some threes and not just some but you got to be able to cash like i need he has to be able to shoot like 35 percent from three especially on the diet of looks he's getting he's got to be able to do that i, I don't know what the hell his percentage is after tonight i would imagine it it might be under 31 percent um that's just not good enough for a starting wing in the nba unless you're like jimmy butler and even with that like as we've talked about there are issues that causes and he's not the defensive player butler is he's not the creator butler is he's not the foul drawer butler is he's not the foul shooter the butler is like that's basically like the standard you have to have if you are a non-shooting wing or any perimeter player in the league so um you know like kind of how i feel like I, I think he's obviously a better shooter than somebody like markel fultz but it's the same way i feel about markel fultz where it's like look these guys can be give you glimpses of like really good play but you know people that are like oh markel fultz he's so fun it's like yeah he's fun i don't think any fucking team that has any you know desire to be actually good views him as a starting point guard like he's a starting point guard this year because their other options are like cole anthony and Jalen Suggs, who's not actually a point guard. So, you know, RJ is obviously not a point guard, but he plays with the ball. Like, if the only value I get out of him is with the ball in his hands, it seems like a problem. Yep. Um, and that's kind of been the story of RJ's career. Like, what do you do outside of being a scoring threat? And if you're not a scoring threat, then how much value do you really provide to a team? especially when like a lot of your strengths are covered. Like your big strength is being able to drive to the basket. Brunson, Brunson does a lot of that. I think to a lesser extent, quickly and Randall, not yeah, quickly and Randall do a lot of that as well. So it's like, and they pass out of their drives at a much higher clip. They get fouled more. They convert more of their opportunity at the rim and they're better free throw shooters. So what is going to be your ex, your value aside from being able to get rim pressure? Um, like you need to be able to hit these looks off their gravity. And if you can't hit those looks, then like realistically, why should I why should you get play over a Josh Hart 
why should you get play over Quentin Grimes, Emmanuel Quickly? And that's the question that is going to be answered in this series. And he had a really good game for two-point range tonight. He went 11 or 18, I believe. 11 or 15. Uh, was it 11 or 15? Yeah, mm-hmm. from inside the arc, yeah. Yeah, so 11 or 15 from inside the arc. But you're going against Jonas Valanciunas in the paint. You know, like, you're not going to be going against Jonas Valanciunas in the playoffs. You're going to be going against Jared Allen and Evan Mobley and the number one ranked defense in the NBA. So now, are you going to be able to get those shots, get those looks, be able to be that efficient against that? I'm not sure. I will say that, like, the big hope is that he was able to pass out of his drives and he has six assists and returnovers. And it's like, if you're able to do that on a consistent basis, even if you're giving me, like, yeah. let's say, I'll, I said you're not going to have 28 points. Even if you're giving me, like, 15. If you can give me, like, 15 and four, but, like, five rebounds and, like, play decent defense, like, that, the bar is in hell for you to be a positive contributor, even if you're not able to shoot. Like, could you give me 25 minutes of that? Where you just play really good defense against the Cavs and their lack of wings, and you're just able to pass out of your drives, create opportunities for guys who are better shooters than you, and ultimately lead the game using those ancillary skills instead of, like, you having to score. Do I think he can do that? I think he's capable of doing it. Do I think he's wired to do that? I'm not sure. So... Depends on the night, because it's not a consistent thing like because there are nights where he'll force it up and like you know he won't do all the other stuff that he was doing tonight like the rebounding the passing yeah the rebounding was good tonight at least for when i saw in the fourth quarter i was like pretty happy about that but um it's not something that's consistent yeah and i mean i still think like uh that that corner three that herb jones said look i know it's herb jones so like you're kind of scheming to like leave him open i think there was one with herb and there was one with trey murphy uh, late in the game, maybe it was Murphy. No, it wasn't Murphy. It was just Herb. Um, CJ McCollum hit another three, which whatever. That was actually like a tough three, and it is what it is. But like the Herb Jones one, if you watch that back, I think like RJ is just not where he's supposed to be because Hart makes the rotation, but Hart's late, and I, I don't think Hart expected to have to make that rotation. I mean, we're all guessing here whose responsibility that is. It looked to me like it was RJ's, but it's like. I saw somebody, I forgot who said this in here. Uh, I'll bring up the comment. Uh, here it is. Uh, this is the one. Ours is excellent inside, albeit against a little room protections from Walt Clyde Fraser, and had some wonderful passes, but Dudeness had an open three, yes, and not sag-, sag off his man so much. Here's the thing. The Knicks' entire scheme, I, I don't to think... sag off their man. And I don't think that's that's fine. It's completely fine. Like, that's the scheme. The scheme is for them to sag off their... The problem is... RJ is not quick enough at recovering out and contesting shooters. He is playing so slow. Um, and I, again, I didn't watch the game tonight. I would love to know, and I would love to. He played with I, much more quickness on the offensive end, at least, I would say. I, I'm sure he did. Um, I would venture to guess the ball didn't move as freely as it has the last couple of games. I would venture to guess that the pace of the overall team wasn't as good as it was the last couple of games. And some of that, I'm sure, has to do with the Pelicans, who are a much better defensive team than whatever the fuck the Wizards are putting out there and whatever the fuck the Pacers are putting out there. But, like, we also saw this Knicks team, and I understand they didn't have Jared Allen, but, like, we saw them against Cleveland, uh, and they played with great pace. But even that was a game. 
RJ played, he was terrible in that game. I don't care what his numbers say. I know he had a decent plus minus in that game. He was awful in that game. If if the Knicks had lost that game, I think it would have been largely because of him missing, just fucking up three or four transition opportunities. Um, but like, there's a certain speed that they play at without RJ and without Randall. I, I got to say that too. It's not just RJ. Like there's a speed they play at without both those guys that I think is pretty interesting. The ball's and not I, sticking. Yeah. I mean, it's not just that it's not sticking. The way they move the ball up the floor is just a lot faster without those guys. And the way they operate in the half court, the way they operate, everything is just quicker. There's more movement. I don't know what that means. Um, it can mean nothing. It's a totally like we're dealing with, Sample sizes that are so insignificant that there's not much to be drawn from them. But, like, it feels like something. It feels like a thing that that maybe should inform decision-making moving forward. But um, will it? Do the, does the front office have enough information to? Do they think they can make a move that makes sense? I have no, no idea. I don't think so. Um, so we'll see. But I will say this. Like, if you're asking me, you know, Am I gonna pay him? Like people, I remember before the season started, there was a lot of conversation where it's like, well, maybe we should consider trading quickly because we paid RJ. Do you really want to pay quick to be a bench? Like, I'm not letting whatever we paid RJ influence any decision about Emmanuel quickly. And next year, I'm not gonna let any decision we made about paying RJ Barrett influence what we pay Quentin Grimes. Like to me, those two guys are more important players, and they've been better players this year than RJ Barrett. And that doesn't mean RJ Barrett's forever like resigned to being lesser players than them or not as good, but he's got to step the fuck up and he's got to really like figure out what he wants to be. Like, do you want to be like, what, what, again, I've talked about this a lot, but like, what is your goal? Like, do you want to be, is all you want to be like a high usage shot creator or do you want to be the best version of yourself on a winning basketball team? Even if that means taking a lesser role even if that means having less usage, even if that means getting back to what you were doing your second year where you're doing more dirty work, where you're defending at a higher level. Um, those are only questions he can answer, and those are questions that won't be answered today, won't be answered, certainly won't be answered on fucking Sunday when I hope the Knicks play nobody. I really hope they play absolutely nobody that game. Um, and, you know, it is what it is. We'll see. We'll see how, hopefully. I am you know, suiting up for the Knicks on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, you're tall enough. You could do it. You could run point. You induce. Uh, but, like, I don't know. I, again, I just find – I'm so sick and tired of talking about this because it's like if you talk about him a bunch, you're a hater. If you fucking criticize him, you're a hater. If you question things about him, you're a hater. And, like, honestly, like, Tyrese is the only hater, really. Uh, yeah, like, right. That nigga's thing. Yeah, you said that. So, um, I don't like, give a fuck. Just, I, I, tell I, Tommy D add me. I'll block his ass. <laughs> I, do. I don't care about Tommy D. Uh, but like, I know he's watching. Hi, buddy. I, again, I, I'm not. I would like the thing is, like, if art, like, I've talked about this so many times here. If RJ Barrett gets his shit together, that's it. Like, he's the only thing to me in this rotation that isn't a strength. I'm not like not everybody's the same strength, but like everybody else to some degree has been a positive player this year. Uh in the that it's in the main rotation, I mean. Like I want him to be part of that. Will he? I, I don't know. I, I'm just very skeptical about him turning or turning it around this season. Long term, I think it's possible. I do think it's gonna require him to like 
look, Andrew Wiggins didn't figure it out until he got fucking traded and ended up on the Warriors and probably heard Draymond Green calling him fucking whack like for seven months in a row before he got his shit together. I mean, he had a quote last year in the finals where he was like, it was after the finals. He said, he said something like, they asked him about like how, why his defensive rebounding had picked up. And he's like, he said something like he had just like, oh, like I realized like how easy this is for me or something or like how like easy it can be for me. And that's kind of how I feel about RJ sometimes where I'm like, you could be really good and you could just help us in so many ways. Does that turn on for you here? Like, do you accept that here? Or is that something where you need to get traded, have a wake up call and then light bulb turns on wherever you are, your next spot. Or maybe it's like, you know, the Knicks acquire a fucking superstar and RJ's like, well, if I want to stay here, then I got to fucking like accept doing third and fourth option type things. Like maybe that's what it is. I don't know, but it's got to be something. And and like he's capable of it, so I I don't doubt that at all. But being capable of something doesn't mean you're going to do it. Like he's just it's up to him. He's got to do it. Um. So yeah, that's what it is. I think the whole thing is like you talk about Wiggins. When guys usually have like that career renaissance, like maybe in their mid twenties or later twenties, like it never happens on the same team that they're drafted on. Like you look across the league, like Victor Oladipo had to go to his third team. You look at um, Laurie Markkinen this year. Look at Julius Randle two years ago. Like Kyle Lowry, these guys who like become that all-star level talent maybe on their second contract or sometimes even like towards their third contract. It never happens on their same team because ultimately speaking, like a team is just not going to have that level of patience. Like you cannot expect a team to be like, okay, dude, it's year seven, we're ready for you to pop. Like even Aaron Gordon got traded, and they're like. They like bit the bullet on that and they drug it out into the end. And it was to the point where like the magic was so bad and they had an offer for Boozman that just blew them out of the water that like they decided, okay, we're just gonna blow up everything. So like it, it just doesn't happen. Like you're not gonna he's not gonna get this rope and the Knicks are their, their timeline is just significantly advanced now because Brunson is who we thought he was going to be. Randall has come back to a form that, like, I think a lot of us thought he wasn't going to be able to reach again. So now it's like, and hell, you look at quickly, you look at Grimes. Like, I think quickly Grimes, Mitch, I think quickly especially has, like, put himself into that really young centerpiece conversation. Like, he's going to win six man of the year. He's clearly shown that there's a higher level that, like, he's capable of reaching he's more than just a spark plug off the bench. He's not a Lou Williams type. He's more of like a budding Drew Holiday type, which is like something I don't think a lot of us thought would be able to happen. So it's like... Are we sure we want to make Drew Holiday comparisons right now? Drew Holiday, who actually plays good in the playoffs. Um, inshallah. Uh, but... So yeah, I'm just kind of like, what? And then you look at Grimes, and Grimes is like, he can give you that level of Desmond Bain... Can give you where it's just like 60 true shooting, really electric shooter, ability to do stuff off the bounce, a very good processor and passer, good rebounder for his position. Like, so you just look at these guys, and you have Mitch as well, who's like elite shot blocker, elite offensive rebounder, has improved in like the little things like screen setting and off the role play, um, off the yeah, off the short role play making stuff like that. So it's just like, if RJ Barry can't get it together, then it's just gonna be it's gonna either be shape up or ship out. So. That's kind of where he's at. Um, was the G League him guy ahead of his time? 
Yes, he was spitting. No, he was not spitting. <laughs> that guy is fucking idiot still. What the hell was that show even? I don't know. It was kind of podcast. Was that was not a podcast. That was some weird ass fucking old head live stream or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Classic moments from the We Hear year. Oh man. That was some hater shit if I've ever seen it. And I think I'm a hater. Oh man. Some may say he was ahead of his time though. I don't know. Tyrese does. I mean, if you see RJ Burrow with the Ford Weed Man ants, like, would I be surprised? I don't know. Him and Uncle Payne will go crazy. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, I, should we get into comments? Um, yeah, let's get into comments. No DraftKings ad read, thankfully. We're free. Yeah. Soon we'll be back, though. We're going to the FanDuel reads. Nice. Great. I'm sure those are a lot better. <laughs> hey there, sports fans. <laughs> All right. Jordan Bubbs brings up. Today's um, the seventh weekend of the Major League Baseball season. <laughs> you know, the seventh one is always special. It's a lucky number. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right. So Jordan uh, Bubbs brings up Drew Hanlon. Uh, I don't know if Drew Hanlon really has a lot to do with RJ shot. Drew Hanlon fucking sucks. Fuck that guy. He's a fucking tool. <laughs> he's a fucking he's a fucking pimp. That's what he is. That guy's a fucking piece oh my of shit. God. He is fucking wow. trash. All that guy does is live off of attaching himself to already star level talents and then taking credit for their development. His so shit with them beat and Tatum exactly. has been a fucking joke. Like you are not the reason Joel Embiid became a monster. You are not the fucking reason Jason Tatum is one of like you know the best young wings or wings flat out in the NBA. You're not the reason for any of this shit. You're a fucking bum. You what if what has this guy done? He 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 did, he hosts workouts at that fucking gym in New York. What is it? The fucking gym where where Mello when he was no, you're, like, you're confusing started. him. You're confusing him with Chris Berkeley. Whatever, they're the same fucking person to me. Chris Berkeley's better. They're yeah, fine, great, fantastic. I prefer High bar. lethal shooter. He, that, yeah, lethal shooter sucks too. Uh, <laughs> all, all these branded, all these guys that go out there branding themselves, that fucking look for the fucking hype, they're all trash. You want to know who's like a guy who's actually good? Tyler Ralph. Like a guy who's like just, you know, casually talks about Julius Randle, doesn't really hype himself up too much, isn't out there tweeting constantly, isn't inserting himself into the MVP discussion like Drew Hanlon does. Didn't Drew Hanlon have an entire thing where, like, he allegedly, like, had a relationship with Markel Fultz's mom or something? Whoa, what? Wasn't that a thing that happened at one point? I have no idea. What? That was, like, a th- I'm pretty sure. I know there was like, something. I have no trailer. idea about that one. Whatever. Maybe I'm totally off on that. You can look it up if you want. But, like, I know there was something going on. That sounds there. very juicy, though. Yeah, it, it was a it was a thing. There was something that happened with Fultz when, before he got drafted. And, like, you know, whatever. Um, I don't really care about that. The point is, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me who RJ, like, it could be Drew Hanlon. It could be his dad. It could be fucking Wayne Gretzky for all I know. Whoever he's been working out with, like, he needs to just, like, do something different. Like, do, go fucking spend a summer with Clinton Grimes. Go spend a summer with Emmanuel Quickly. Go spend a summer with anybody that has actually improved their game that you haven't worked out with before. Like, like, you remember last year, he had this whole fucking thing about, um, oh, 
after we played the Bulls one game, he's like, oh, I want to fucking work out with, like, DeMar DeRozan this offseason or something. Like, go fucking do that then. Like, and and, and don't don't give me this, like, oh, I go, like, zero dark 30 in the offseason. I'm always working even though I'm not posting about it. Are you? Are you always working? Because you told me you were always working. And then this year when you got off to a slow start, it was, oh, well, I couldn't be on the court because I was negotiating my contract. Are you the only motherfucker that's ever negotiated a contract in fucking NBA? Like, get the fuck out of here. That's bullshit. That's a bullshit-ass reason. And it's especially bullshit when we're in game 81 and we're still like, why do you look slow? Um, Whatever. I, I just, I don't care if it's Drew Hanlon. I don't care who the fuck he's working out with. I need him to go just do something different because whatever the fuck you're doing every year is not working. Like I looked this up the other day. I didn't tweet this. I didn't tweet this because it was like, I knew if I tweeted, it'd be like, you're a hater. You're fucking just finding reasons to shit on RJ. How many steals and blocks did he have tonight? I don't think any. Okay. Oh, he had one block. He had one block. Okay, great. Fantastic. How many games this year do you think he's recorded at least one steal or one block in? Or sorry, one steal and one block in. Three. It is three. <laughs> it is three. How wow. many games? How many games this season do you think he's recorded at least two stocks? So any combination of two steals and blocks. Fifteen. Six. Six. Wow. I thought I was a hater. Six. How many games do you think he's had double digit rebounds? Three. Three. I'm sorry. Like that speaks to a lack of effort. That speaks to a lack of fire and desire. Energy, fire and desire. Fucking endurance. What condition you're in? Whatever the fuck it is, it doesn't matter what it is. Like that's trash, dude. For a six six wing built like the way he is, given what you expect of those guys coming into the NBA, that is trash. He is posting the lowest steal and block rate of his career. Like, again, this is not me shooting on RJ. It's more like, I don't know what the fuck. Are you sure, Swin? Yeah. Are you sure? Not. No, it's not, because this is I'm what I'm talking What I'm talking about is, like, these things that we shit on him for, like, all that tell. look, what that tells me is you were not and you have not been in the necessary condition to play high minutes at a high level in the NBA as a starting wing. I don't care who you're fucking, who you work out with this offseason. I don't give a fuck what his name is. Do something different. Do something different. Because it cannot be that you come back next year. It doesn't matter if he's in New York or anywhere else, whatever the, wherever the fuck he is. You cannot come in next year and spend the first fucking month of the season looking like, you know, the most, the like a fucking 35-year-old who can't jump and it's like, oh, I'm playing myself in a shape. It's like, enough with that. Enough with that. Like, it's bullshit. Like, you got to be better than this from the jump. Like, you've got to be. You've got to be in better shape. You've got to be more active. You've got to be more athletic. Like, and he was. The thing that's crazy is he was literally more athletic two years ago than he is now. And he should be, like, kind of entering pre-prime years right now. These should be his some of his most athletic seasons. And he looks slower than ever before. He really does. Like he, I mean, there is this play. And again, I've like the people that think I hate on RJ. 
if you thought I hated RJ, I would love for you to see my streamable profile where I've got like 50 fucking, not, I'm not just individual plays, by the way. I'm talking about sequences. I've got like 50 sequences from this season that I've never posted on Twitter of just RJ looking slow as fuck. And I po- I, I clipped three from the second half of the fucking Cavs game that I never posted. Did not post them. I swear to you, if I posted them, people would just be like, you're just finding shit to hate on them for. They are unbelievably garbage. They they look like a guy who is the least athletic player on the floor. One of them is him on a fat, like he gets a rebound. It's going up in transition. He drives at Karis Levert, makes the fucking slowest Euro step telegraph move you could ever make in your life. Levert ties him up. The jump ball after that, Probably the most pathetic jumbo I've ever seen. I mean, it's not because he had won a couple games before against Miami. That was equally pathetic. But, like, like, this is the stuff I'm talking about. Like, if this makes me a hater of RJ, fine. But, like, I see that shit, and I'm like, why do you look less athletic than you did two years ago? There's no explanation for that. Unless, unless the season ends tomorrow, and immediately we get, like, a fucking Shams report of, like, Oh, RJ Barrett is undergoing surgery for such and such thing. He's expected to make a full recovery by training camp. That shit is like one, it's concerning. And two, it's like, who are you working with, dude? Because you need to stop working with those people. They're not helping you. They are not making you the best version of yourself. That's just a fucking fact. Unless he thinks what he is right now is the best version of himself, which in that case, he might not need to work with a trainer. He might need a fucking lobotomy. But like, unless he like, if he thinks right now what he is, is the best version of himself, then that is just delusional and it's wrong. Like, you're better than this. You like, if, fuck being better. You're more athletic than this. This cannot be what you are at 22 years old. Like, even like today, I don't know. Like, again, I didn't watch it. Went 11, 15 side the arc. Did he yam on anybody? No. What is it like? Do you remember that dunk the last game? That Grimes had on Isaiah Jackson off the inbounds pass. Off the, off the, so it was like a baseline out of bounds. He caught it from Deuce and he just fucking went up and yammed on Isaiah Jackson. Yeah. RJ cannot do that. Like he can't do that right now. I'm sorry. Like that's the league, dude. Like if you can't do that, then you've got to be a more dynamic player in some other way. It, but it, it's got to be more. Like right, what he is right now, his. His his dynamic plays, his athleticism, his explosiveness, whatever the fuck it is, however you want to phrase it, flexibility, agility, whatever. It it's it's not, it's not even what it was. It's not what it was two years ago. And even two years ago, we were all like, I mean, think about like two years ago. I think we were like, he can if he can just be this agile, athletic, whatever, and make some gains in terms of like his physical strength, he'll be fine. And instead, it's like he's gained physical strength and somehow just but become like so much worse of an athlete. I, and I just don't understand it. So, like, I don't know what he's got to do. I don't care who he works out with. I don't care what the fuck his workout plan is. It's just got to be better than this. It's got to be different. And it's got to be something. Go work with somebody else or whatever. It, it, it can't be any more of this nonsense. Uh, to your point about him being lazy as shit, um, guess how many blocks he has in the season? I would guess 
13. 15. Okay. He recorded a block today, so he has 15 blocks today. Guess how many blocks Jalen Brunson has in the season? 19. 15. Okay. You have as many blocks as Jalen fucking Brunson. And Jalen Brunson is six foot one on a good day. Like, and I think Jalen Brunson's played less games than him as well. He has to have. But I think RJ has played in 72 games tonight. So Jalen Brunson has played four less games than you. How many minutes? What are the total minutes here? Uh, I'll give it a, give it a look. But um, that's embarrassing, dude. Like, matter of fact, I'm going to say he blocks quickly has. I wonder how many blocks quickly has. I would bet quickly has more. He might have more. Nope, he has 14. So, which yeah. is fine though. Like he's a fucking yeah. guard. So yeah. So uh, Bronson has played 2379. Uh, like RJ Hampton, my bad. RJ and Hampton. yeah, and that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. And RJ Barrett has played 2402, and he played another, I think, 30. He played 35 tonight. So they've they essentially played the same amount of minutes. Mm-hmm. Which is just like, all right. No, okay, RJ's, RJ's played more. So, like, yeah, man. I, it's getting really hard to kind of defend this. And I mean, there's nothing to defend. And, like, this is kind of the point for me is, like, which is why I just don't understand this conversation. It's like, I don't know what people think we should be defending. Like, there's nothing to defend. He's had a bad season. And that's okay to say. And you know what? He's not the first. He wouldn't be the first guy in NBA history to have a bad season early in his career. That was kind of like inexplicable and bounced back from it. He wouldn't be. But it doesn't mean that he's not like, like, it doesn't make the criticism he's getting wrong. I think some of it is like, stupid and over the top but like i don't i'm sorry like when i said he had empty stats like you can take that literally and cry about it and fucking moan like a little baby but like what i mean by that is when he like it, it this is flat out what it is the knicks do not play better when he's on the floor so his numbers to me regardless of whatever they were if he was averaging 35 it wouldn't matter to me i'd be like why is this team always functioning better with you out with without you on the floor and, like, guess what? When he has good moments and he has good games, that doesn't make that false. That's actually the entire fucking point. That's the entire frustration where you're like, why Why are these moments? Why do we only get glimpses? Why, why are you not putting together months, weeks, stretches of quality play? Like, do you want to know why I don't give a fuck when Emmanuel quickly has a bad game? Because he's given me prolonged stretches of quality play because Emmanuel quickly can have a bad because he yeah because he can have a bad shooting game and still help me win a ball game like he can and not just help you win a ball game but he can do it in multiple different roles he can he can help you he can help drive success even when he's not necessarily having the best scoring game or shooting game or whatever it is and like if you people like if you want to say oh Jalen Brunson he's a bad defender too like why don't you get on him Okay, yeah, you're right. He's a, he's been really bad defender. You want to know why I don't get on him? Because he almost has a 62 shooting. Because he is a much better scorer. If RJ Barrett wants to, like, if he is this level of defender, guess what? You can still work around that. You know what it requires? Him to be a significantly more efficient scorer. That's 
that like that's what makes it worth it. That's why I can go from being like Randall was the worst player in the NBA last year to being like Randall has been really fucking awesome this year. You know what the big difference is? One, the fact that he's not been a massive whiny baby the entire season, but two, that he's scoring more efficiently. That's it. It's not rock fucking rocket science. Like if you want to be uh, you know, sometimes there, sometimes maybe not defender. Okay. Then just be an awesome offensive player. Is RJ Barrett an awesome offensive player this year? No. And it's fine to say that. If you can't say that, like you can't honestly be like RJ Barrett can be a star. Okay, you can't you can't believe that RJ Barrett can be a star and then be upset when people hold him to that standard and criticize him for not being that guy. Like, I'm sorry, you just can't do that. So I don't know what he has to do. All I know is this. Whatever the fuck he's been doing the last couple off seasons have not worked. They have not made him a better player. And in fact, I would say he's been a worse player than he was two years ago for sure. And last year, um, you know, I, I have a little bit more sympathy for like, oh, he wasn't a good as good a defender as he was. Like, okay, yeah, but he was like he was basically on like what like 30 usage after New Year's. Like the season was garbage in so many different ways, as we've talked about endlessly, you know, coaching wise, rotation wise, whatever point guard play was garbage compared to this year, whatever. I think there's a lot more mitigating circumstances, which I, I didn't think he had a bad year last year. I was very okay with the season he had last year. I was encouraged by it, actually. But this year has just been flat out bad. It's just been like, at best, you would say it's been stagnant. At worst, you I would say he's regressed, to be completely honest. I think he's regressed. It's, it's been that much more disappointing because of the way last season ended for him, offensively at least. Like, I mean, of course, he had a bunch of usage, but like he was able to still produce with that usage on pretty, you know, okay efficiency. So, like, for him to come into this year, in order, you, you assume that in a reduced role and with like less offensive burden on him, he'll be able to make that scoring work in smaller dosage, I guess, as well as like better efficiency because he's not having to like do all that much. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. Like, I I really, like, it's... Look, I I would love for RJ Barrett to put it together. I would love for him to get it together this year. I don't think it's happening this year. And if anything, like, when I think about projecting forward into the playoffs type of thing, um... I think he's a guy that is going to get his minutes cut in a big way. And yep. like, if you think that, like, if you think the conversation around him from people like fucking myself are bad. National media, when they see wait, that, wait until that happens. And I'll be, I'll, if that happens and he's getting shut out, I'll be the one being like, yeah, look, that's what should happen. I still think he can bounce back from it. I'll probably be one of his biggest defenders, but he, I, I don't think there's any question in terms of scrutiny, he has been, he is probably the most fortunate guy on this roster, this team from, in terms of benefiting from the Knicks being good. Um, because if they were not good this year, there'd be a lot of focus on him, a lot of focus on him. So, um, it's, it's nice that we've had the season we've had. And it's nice that we have the quality and depth that we have. And there's all these guys producing up and down the lineup and whatever. Um, but 
he is the the scrutiny he's getting locally and from fans, mostly from fans. I don't even like. I don't think the beat's really been like that critical of him, which is, I mean, which isn't surprising because the Knicks beat doesn't actually give a fuck about basketball. They have no idea what's going on on the floor. They um, are more interested into the soap opera part of everything. I mean, they're not interested in anything other than just fucking sucking at their jobs. Uh, and crying about not getting access. Yeah. To Aside from Ian Begley, shout out Ian Begley. Um, but like, I don't know. Uh, He's again. I just think he's he's very fortunate. The team has had a successful season because if they did not, I think the conversation around him right now would be a lot more ugly. Yeah, like he's still. People are just saying, "Oh, he's the third option." But he got twenty PPG, and you're just like, "Great, the numbers are fantastic," and people don't see it as regression. But like he's regressed very clearly because he should be a better player with a better starting lineup. I feel like the big criticism was like. The starting lineup was really bad. The bench was really good. He never got enough minutes with the bench. And he was playing with the starters. Now it's he's getting less minutes with the starters, more minutes with the bench. It's been flipped this year. The, I, I think he plays worse with quickly this year than he ever has before. Yeah. He plays so, – And it's like I don't I, – And I actually – I get why because it's like, one, I think it's like this awkward thing where quickly is kind of like – Better than – well, he, he's better than you. He's better than him this year for sure. But more importantly, it's like I think Tibbs trusts quickly more. So when they play together, there are times where like the offense is being designed to go through quick. And RJ, I I don't know if I would say that he's like. I I don't think it's a question. I don't think it's really like him being like. Hijacking it. Yeah, I don't think it's that. But I think it's like he just isn't good right now playing off ball like he's not the thing is he's not cutting this year he used to cut like i feel like he never cuts anymore like i think he, I think he does but it's more i think it's more hard that he's been cutting more yeah and it's just like i don't know it's just very weird or i'm like and and to be fair to him like obi's been cutting less too so maybe it's some That's kind of like maybe it's like a strategic Thing that they're doing, I don't we're not know. even doing that really bad cut. You know the one cut I talked. Yes, like, I know exactly. Like, what you're talking we're not about. even doing that cut anymore. When they like, post, when yeah. like Randall's posting, and yeah. and it's like I would at least love to see that level of cut. Like maybe not that specific cut, but like just that cut where it's like well, there's one cut and you're going to do it. And even if it sucks sometimes, like at least you're willing to try it. He's not even doing that one cut anymore. Yeah, uh, I didn't. I I just want to pull this up. I didn't see this, so I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. I don't I have no idea what the fuck this is, but yeah, I mean, I saw people in our Discord. Oh, this. I didn't. See yeah, this. there was, it was, there was a, it was a hilarious play at the end of the first half. Um, you know, RJ has the ball and he's like just dribbling, dribbling, dribbling. He's milking the clock, right? Yeah. He's milking the clock because, like, um, you know, he's he's trying to get the end of the shot clock. He's like, I'm trying to get the end of half um shot. Um, he gets like stripped for a little bit momentarily, I think, by um Najee Marshall, I believe it was that was on him. Yeah. Um, and then he never gets a shot up. And he looked like he never knew like what the time of the clock yeah. was. And he had it because he like, even looked like he was about to go up for a shot. Like he looked like he was gonna keep dribbling, yeah. trying to go into the paint or something. But and like, he had he it from like, totally 40, he had it from 45 feet up. So like yeah. that's what made it worse. It wasn't like he just caught it and then like had to do something. Like, he was no. extremely unaware. He looked at the clock, so he was facing the clock and then went for a spin move at the top of the key. Yeah. Like, straight out of the path out Siakam's playbook. Yeah. I chuckled when I saw that. I was like, huh. <laughs> RJ. 
silly guy. I, I, I was just like, what the fuck are you doing, you boneheaded motherfucker? Like, that don't, didn't even get a shot up. Like, why are you not even getting a shot up there? Like, even if you got a shot up and it missed, at least we'll respect the fact you got a shot up. You, you just did nothing. All right. Should we shift the focus to a more positive player on the team? No. Nick's tape know. brings up also appreciate the help for the with the IQ stuff. IQ for six man of the year stuff, Schwinn. Yep. Um that yeah, is no Nick's problem. tape. Yeah, thanks for um Schwinn had a great thread um on the menu quickly's case for six man of the year. We have also all been shitting on Boston writers in on Twitter on the timeline because they are all crying because Emmanuel Quigley is going to win six men of the year. Um, and they are obviously going to win nothing with Malcolm Brogdon not getting six men of the year and them not getting a championship this year. Um, so they have tons of things to cry about. Um, but yeah, I mean, very quickly, um, he had a, would we say this is a bad game? I mean, no. the first half was pretty good. Um, he really got going in that third quarter. Um, where he started to light it up with like three straight threes. Um, it feels like he, he played only 30 minutes tonight, right? Yeah. yeah. So. so he got pulled. I mean, I caught the very end of the third quarter. So he got pulled like basically like when the Knicks had evened it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he came back in. The, ga- the game was still even, but he came back in with like five minutes left in the fourth. I'm not even like. He got pulled earlier in the in, in the in the first half because yeah, of I mean, look, he, he didn't have a great end to the game from what I saw. Um, I don't think they any of them really had a great end to the game, but he didn't have a great end to the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Did he not have a good game? I don't know. I don't really care. I feel like like if this is a bad game for our, for for Quick, where he is a basically a net neutral. There's plus zero with him on the floor and. He scores 24 points and 16 shots. He goes 6 to 10 from 3. Um, we are okay. in really great shape. Okay. Like, fine. I, I don't – like, that's fine. Okay. He had a bad game. It's fine. Cool. Also, odds didn't shift on him um, on FanDuel for six minutes of the year. Still at minus 280 with one game left. Um, and I think it's pretty confident. Brogdon didn't play tonight either, so I don't Brogdon, think yeah. yeah. I mean, I, for me, I'm not even. I don't really care about the odds shifting at the end of the year because, like, they've been fluctuating between minus 190 and one minus 600 for like this past week. It's like end of the year. It's weird times um, in the NBA, um, as you can see with what the Mavericks did today. It's just weird all around Shit, in the league. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty confident from what I've heard from guys like Zach Lowe and Kevin O'Connor about like their stance on the six man of the year race. Um, and I feel like they represent a great majority of how most of voters will vote. Um, they both picked Emmanuel quickly to be sixth man of the year. Um, so I feel pretty confident in him winning this award. Boston, all the Boston fans, all the people of Boston, they can suck it because Malcolm Brogdon will not get it. Um, but yeah, it's great to have another Knicks sixth man of the year. He will be the fourth Nick, I believe, to get it. Yeah. Um, following behind Anthony Mason, John Starks, and J.R. Smith. So pretty great company for Emmanuel Quickly to be joining at the young age of 23 years old. So, yeah. Also, before before we even move on, um, any Celtic fan who subscribes to the idea that sixth man of the year means that you cannot start in any capacity, <laughs> oh otherwise God. you're disqualifying yourself, Please. That is legit the the worst argument I've ever heard. Please stop slacking on your remedial math classes and 
go back and educate yourself, get your GED. Because obviously you're not allowed to have logical conversations over the internet and you're clearly lacking some sort of brain cells and or some sort of cognitive thinking. Please go back to fucking your sister because that's all wow. you're for. <laughs> I'm just so sick and tired of these Bostonians talking about, oh, you can't start if you're the sixth man. That means that you're playing off the bench. Okay, so genius, your starting lineup has had somebody injured at least. At least Derek, White, Derek White has started like 60 games this year or something. And he started 60 games because right. Robert Williams the third is missed time, because Marcus Smart has missed time, because at one point I think Al Horford was missing time. Jason Jalen Brown's missed time. time. Like Jaylen Derek White is always the default that they always pick off the bench to start for anybody because he's their sixth man. Like he's the sixth man on the team. Exactly. Malcolm Brown is their seventh man. Going into the season, Derek White was the first guy off the bench. And the only was reason it, why he wasn't. Was this play at the end of the first half or the first quarter, by the way? What, the RJ one? Yeah. First half. First half. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So find it? I'm, I mean, they have all the play by play up. I just can't find a turnover. Is it? Did it, we we didn't get a shot up, right? It was a turnover. No, we didn't get. I mean, it, the clock expired and went in straight into halftime. So I don't even know if what it counted as. Oh, okay, yeah. Then I I won't be able to find it probably. Yeah. yeah. I'll yeah. just have to look for it later. But yeah, I'm so sure someone I, has it clipped on Twitter. Just like use your noggin, use your brain real quick. First of all. You'd be discrediting the six man of the year for your own players. Kevin McHale's a little Hall of Famer, one of the best fucking Celtics in Celtics history. I'm pretty sure he has his number retired by the Celtics. Yeah, because yeah, he, he doesn't. He started 61 games here. He won six man of the year. But oh, but of course, of course, of course, that doesn't matter. Because... I love how this became a criteria only this year, though. Like every other year, six men have started like a lot, and like. This year, it's like somehow a disqualifier. It, it's it's people trying to cope, and not even people. It's Boston fans trying to cope with the fact that their guy is. I don't even know why they're going so hard for him. They just like literally acquired him this off season. Like for us, I understand us. Like people should understand why we're going so hard. It's really a homegrown talent that we've watched develop for like the past three years, and like. For them, it's just some dude that they just acquired for like a bag of now, chips. My my favorite thing is Celtics fans that are like, "Oh, this is your championship." It's like, bro, you guys have won one championship in the last three years. Like, I don't like, like you have most of your fucking championships came when like the league was still like integrating black people. Like, give me a fucking break, dude. Fucking Celtics fans are the most dog shit idiots in the fucking world. Um, I hope that they rot in hell, all of them, except my father. Um and fuck them, and uh, hopefully they max out like Kristaps Porzingis this summer, and um, they continue to fail or something. That'd be great. Hey, shout out! Shout out to Boston for pissing away their best chance at the finals last year, though. That was great. Good job. Andrew Wiggins is Jason Tatum's father. Oh man, Boston fans. True, true. Um, oh, who the fuck likes like Malcolm Brogdon has no. Like aura, yeah, he's got no aura. He's got nothing. Like the guy looks like, like a fucking like mayor. He looks like a mayor elect. He looks like if like Eric Adams. 
He's actually he's, he's like Boston Eric Adams is what he is, man. Fuck him. That guy fucking probably loves cops. Boston Eric Adams. That is racist. I don't know how, but that feels racist. Is it? Ah, you're like towing the line, bro. <laughs> He's a towing the line. Like you're on the edge. Oh man, that, now, he really does give off like heavy conservative vibes, though. Like he absolutely. He was the one in Indiana and then Boston. But that's like the trust. Gordon Hayward wishes he had that. He wanted to go to Indiana. He wanted to go to Indiana. That's crazy, dude. Can you imagine (laughs) that? Oh, no. I I need to get the fuck out of Milwaukee. You want to know where I want to go? Fucking Indiana. Indiana. Give me a break, dude. And then he was like, I got traded to Boston. Yay. Like, (laughs) yeah. It's just. That That guy would have a fucking. He'd have a fucking, like. Midlife crisis if you ever came to New York. Oh my God! All these damn liberals. He'd be like, he'd have like a John Rocker moment or something if he came to New York. Oh uh, yeah, I fucking hate riding the subway with all these fucking minorities. <laughs> Why are the homeless people sleeping out of my streets? Where are the benches with the spikes on them? <laughs> Like, no, you, like the thing with the Celtics that's th- hilarious is Celtics fans, like they actually think, like when Lakers fans act entitled, I actually get it. Like it makes sense to me, right? I'm like, yeah, you guys have won like a lot of championships since the league joined the 20th century and like included, you know, black people and like foreigners and other people. And it's like the Celtics have won one championship since the uh since like Jim Crow. You know, yeah, I mean <laughs> no, like they, they literally won one cha- last time they won it, like so they won a championship in nineteen eighty six, right? Yeah. Uh which was like probably the, the, the Halcyon days in, in Boston uh of the Ronald Reagan era where they were just all super happy about that. <laughs> uh they were like, Yeah, drugs are bad. This guy understands it, he gets it. Um they've won one championship since then. Which one like, championship since the Cold War. Yeah, like they, they, they've won. And it's like they, they've been to three NBA finals at that time. The Knicks have been to two. Like, re, like, what are we doing here? Like, you're not, like, you're not, you're not some like storied franchise, at least in the sense of like what you've done in the last three. Like, your history is based on like Lucas John Havlicek stole the ball. Congratulations, dude. Like, I only know that shit because when I grew up, they used to play like Celtics highlights on ESPN Classic all the time. You motherfuckers grew up. You don't even know what the fuck ESPN Classic is. So like, who cares about your history? Like, you've got fucking numbers retired. Guys don't even know who the fuck they are. Like, really? Yeah. Like you got. Oh yeah, we retired Tommy Heinsohn's number. Nobody like I. People probably didn't even know he was a fucking basketball player. They're like, oh, the fucking guy that was like yelling all the time about how the Celtics are getting screwed over by the refs. Him. Like, yeah, he actually was a great player at one point, apparently. Uh, back when, like, you know, you could chain smoke and play in the NBA anything <laughs> in his year. Which, which probably was fucking awesome time, by the way. Um, but, like, come on, man. Celtics fans are just fucking losers. They're just, a, just the most original fan base. And, um, you know, it's, it's going to be fun watching them shift from the disappointment of whatever their season ends up being 
and then putting their focus on to Mac Jones in the fall uh, as he leads the Patriots to a very great seven and, season. seven and 10 record. Um, I'm sure that'll be fantastic to watch him battle Bailey Zappi for uh, starting quarterback reps. Fucking dipshit. You you want to you want to know something? So the Celtics, so 1986, 2008. That's the last two championships they won. So, in the span of however long it's been since 1986, Chernobyl exploded. <laughs> <laughs> the Soviet yeah. Union does not exist anymore. Oprah Winfrey Show debuted. <laughs> wow, that was right after Rocky Five. Uh, I'm pretty sure Back to the Future came out around that time as well. R. Kelly charted and is now in jail. <laughs> <laughs> like, so you won one. Times since, have changed. Since 2008, we could get even wilder. Like, that was. Well, Rocky Balboa came out. Like, <laughs> the sixth one, really good, by the way. You should watch it. Um, yeah, like, like, we got a black it. president. True. <laughs> <laughs> They didn't see that one coming. Yeah, like, oh shit. <laughs> well, to be fair, they, they they got their they got their championship out before Obama was inaugurated. So they they were true. good. They're like, oh, thank God we got it in before that happened. <laughs> End times here. <laughs> Wasn't that the start of the recession? Yeah, it was. Uh, they did Fidel, it. The Celtics Fidel, made the Celtics did the recession. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fidel Castro stepped down in two thousand eight. Um, wow. I think that was, yep, that was a good one. Uh, AOL happened and then died uh, in between <laughs> 1986 and 2008. So that's great. that's crazy. Yeah. Oh man, the bailout happened. <laughs> like, no, technically the bailout was a few months after they won the championship. Yeah, but like, but I'll know. let it slide first. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it's just like, it, to me, it's so funny. Like, cause they're like the, the king, the kings, right? They're having this all, like, they're having like their own wonderful kind of magical season, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm genuinely like, that's awesome. Like, they're fans, like, they deserve it, whatever. It's fucking cool. And like, I feel like that's the general consensus, right? Everybody's like, oh man, it's so cool. Like, it's awesome for the kings or fans, blah, blah, blah. And it's like for the Knicks, it's like, oh, quickly he started too many games. And Randall, I don't like his fucking hairstyle. And uh, Jalen Brunson, he's his too dad. Epic. Yeah, his dad. He's, his, he's a daddy's boy. Yeah, he's. Why did he look at have his hair braided on he, my national TV? He he betrayed uh, he betrayed a good man and Mark Cuban. <laughs> <laughs> like he stabbed him in the back. I'm like, well, but I don't know if the national media is on that. Yeah. And well, the, they're not spectrum. now. They're not now because Cuban. They're chewing him out. The one thing you can't do, the one thing you can't do, you can't call them liars. You call yeah. them liars. <laughs> yeah, you call the media liars. Uh, that was Tim McMahon story. was pissed on that <laughs> podcast today. <laughs> he's, he's Brian was, Windhorst. He has none of his logic made any sense. He's like, oh well, we didn't know what we had to offer. I'm like, motherfucker, <laughs> we were sitting at the draft and everybody was like, oh, the Knicks are going to give Jalen Brunson four years, hundred million. Like we, knew we all knew, we all knew. Everyone not, knew. Yeah, we he all knew. knew. That's why they got hit with the tampering charge. That's why you fucking cried about it and got them hit with the tampering charge. It was just. I love uh, how he also cried about like not getting interviewed or investigated um, for the tampering thing. Like he didn't get interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious, real Monica Lewinsky blue. 
<laughs> almost a decade after the Celtics last win. Oh my gosh. Oh, like the funny part was you knew this connection was there for two years. Like you clearly knew that Leon Rose and Jalen Brunson had a very deep connection. You knew that CAA was his former agency. And not to mention the fact, like the elephant room, they could have just matched the offer. If you wanted Jalen Brunson that bad, he said that if I had the chance to match the offer, I would have. You could have just matched the offer. You had his burn rights. You knew the offer. You could have matched it. If I knew the offer, you knew the offer. Like, yeah, but you, you're more connected than Cuban is. I'm so connected that I have like bookmarks <laughs> of the tweet from Woj. Like, <laughs> Woj literally was like, he's armed with a five-year plus, 106 million plus, like, he literally gave you the number, and you're like, I don't know the offer, man. I, 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 they just never communicate with me. Rick Brunson is a horrible father figure. Like, he's I horrible mean, for other things. To, yeah, to be fair, he might be. <laughs> he is horrible for other things. Like, he is the big nasty before Ime Udoka. But, like, come on, man. He, he's big nasty. Secret. Celtics legend Ime Udoka. Oh I mean, Knicks legend Ime Udoka, technically. What what are they cooking up there in Boston? Elite culture, let me tell you. Uh, I don't know, man. We wasn't too far off, but like, <laughs> I think Thomas is still still eating off. Anyway, but like, it was just absolute malarkey to hear that from Cuban acting like somehow he just didn't know to the be, offer. I mean, to be fair, like the transition take foul really fucked them up. Dude, that was embarrassing. <laughs> like, legitimately, there was like there was nothing sane about anything Mark Cuban was saying. Like, he was like he's he's he was literally on probably like on a spiral, just like just spewing. He literally did, he did a line. He bought something on Shark Tank, and then he came to the podium. That was it. And Sounds like, about right. and realistically speaking, they're not salvaging this season. They're already they're out already. How like they can't salvage next season because they need like a whole bunch of pieces that they don't have the personnel to get. That's their problem. Like I can understand if it was like a Westbrook thing, where like you have one pick and you have like one salary and it's just one player, but like you got a bunch of glut you need to get off that trade. Like Dallas were talking about here make Malcolm Brogdon nineteenth century religious cult leader name of the year. Malcolm Brogdon is like close to Jim Jones in terms of like culty names. So like I, I get it. Malcolm Brogdon is going to be the reason that um Jalen Brown leaves and goes to like Atlanta or something. Brogdon yeah. will probably join him in a year. Um they'll protest about stuff and actually have no idea what the fuck they're talking about, probably. Yeah, like that's Oh just, my gosh. That like it's just really- like life, man. <laughs> Jalen Brown's gonna be like, "What does Boston mean to you?" And then... <laughs> that's like the funniest fucking Kyrie story. <laughs> what did he ask? What does democracy mean to you? What was it? Yeah, like, yeah, was... yeah democracy. Like what? I'm just, a, I'm just. We're doing film session here. <laughs> we're breaking down their pick and roll defense. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Have you ever considered what democracy means in the context of a capitalist society? Dog. You're it's like 20, so insane. You're making thirty million dollars. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> How would you redistribute your wealth? Shut the fuck up. Oh my god. I, the, the funny thing is, Kyrie Irving being woke and still wanting 
he's literally four times the trade so he could get max years and max dollars and such like looping yourself into some pseudo capitalist bullshit is actually hilarious man like practice the word anyway uh, i don't know i just the maps are just so screwed and sure they get the 10th pick or whatever if they drop it'd be even funnier if they drop they need to drop so if, bad if they dropped I, first of all i think we're watching probably watching the draft live if they dropped that would be the greatest reaction that all of us would have collectively Perez might start streaking the streets of Washington. Like, it would be that glorious. Um, and it would just be karma. It, it would just be sweet, sweet karma that they deserve. Yeah. All right. Yeah. The difference between White with the starters and Brockman with the starters is 16.8. That should, that should show you. That, that should show you how garbage he is. And someone also brought up the point of um, there he is. He said it's so obvious Brogdon is not the Celtics six man. Zero starts proves it. No six man has zero starts. I mean, if you just look at the past couple, last couple winners, even like Lou Will and Montrez Harrell, those those years that they won back to back, they each had like one or two starts. Like you're a six man, you're eventually going to get a start if someone's out. Dude, they had Sam Hausers and guys starting, so Malcolm Brogdon came off the bench. Like it was so obvious what they're trying to do at this point. So pathetic. It's just. Uh. All right, Jordan Bob asked us a question. So I guess we could talk start talking about. I can't even talk no more. Talking about playoffs a little bit more. He said, "What's the most intriguing matchup going into the Cavs series?" RJ I think it's easily. All right, dog. Like that that's was not, like that's so unnecessary. A, that's also not a matchup. Shut up. <laughs> that was like so unnecessary. But anyways, I would say it's easily like Jalen Brunson versus Donovan Mitchell part two. Like yeah, sure. just a rematch of last year's Western Conference first round in the East this year. Um, Terry's like, what the hell, man? What the actual hell? See, you guys are coming at the wrong person. I'm the hater. <laughs> it's okay, Sean. I got you, buddy. Okay. <laughs> I I don't. I hate on. On different things, you, Keep you different can, agendas. You, you can send them to me, cultural wolf. <laughs> <laughs> you sure you want to mess with me? I have too much time on my hands. You don't want to make an enemy out of me. <laughs> it'll be me and Stacy. It'll be me and Stacy making dick jokes. Nice. <laughs> um. So, what do you, what do you guys think about this question? Uh, I would say the most intriguing, uh, intriguing matchup. I think the most intriguing matchup is like probably. Um, I mean, they're not going to be matched up, so it's not really the one. I, I honestly, I'll say this: I'll say Mitch versus Jared Allen. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to say that too. Okay. I would have said Randall versus Mobley, but I. Th- this is the, like I don't really understand the conversation around this series right now because it feels like people are just assuming. That Randall's going to come back and and he's going to be ready. Yeah, and I'm like, I I don't see that. Like, Mm -hmm. I'd be pretty shocked. And, like, that's kind of why I just don't think the Knicks are going to win this series because I don't know what, like, Julius we're getting. Yeah, I have no idea. And I don't know when we're going to get it. It's just so up in the air. And I feel like it sucks. It really sucks that he got injured when he did, how he did, all that shit. Um, Because this is the one matchup I really like for the Knicks. And 
I do think like even without him, like even let's say he just got ruled out for the series. I do think even without him, there's a chance they can like, you know, uh, make it the tough series. Yeah. I think maybe even they could win it, but it's like obviously a, a worse odds and it, it requires a lot. I, I don't know. It, it'll be, it'll be a lot harder without him. I'll say that. Yeah. It will be fun seeing all, all these guys get like all these reps and like seeing the ball fly around a lot more without him though. I will say that um, in terms of like style of play stylistically. Yeah. I think another match you probably look at is like um, Quentin Grimes versus Donovan Mitchell in terms of like how that match gets defended. Um, I would like to see how Quentin Grimes plays him. I think he plays him pretty well. Um, Are we sure Grimes stays on him the whole time? I mean, I would I think so. I think Josh Hart is going to get a, a pretty good, decent run at him too. Depending, I, on, I mean, just seeing how their last matchup went. What I think will probably happen is that you'll see Grimes and Hart playing together more. Like so, I think that's probably what would happen. I don't. But yeah, I think Grimes, Hart, like how do they defend Donovan Mitchell will be very telling. And do you get like bubble Donovan Mitchell or do you get um, Donovan Mitchell from last year where he got shut down by like Dallas's wings and Dallas's defense? And the for the Brunson and Mitchell matchup is can Brunson match the production of Mitchell? I feel pretty confident in saying that he could give you the majority of it. And like if you told me Brunson averaged like 28 the series, like 28 on like 57, 58 true shooting, like, I wouldn't be surprised. I can see that happening. So, it'd be very interesting to see if, like, if Brunson and Mitchell are, like, even, where did the Knicks get their advantage from? And I think it comes from, like, mostly the bench and, like, maybe quickly Grimes. I also don't think that they really have a way to, like, stop Obi if he just runs. Like, my big thing is, like, get, like you know Mobley, one of Mobley Allen going to be at the court at all times, but at the same time, like, mm-hmm. they don't really have a way to, like, slow down the Knicks when they get into their pace. Because you, when, you know they're going to throw Okoro on um, Brunson from the jump. Also, Okoro was, like, dealing with a bone bruise. So, oh, like, so he, he might even play. So, yeah, like, he, he'll probably play, but, like, that means he'll probably gonna be going into it, like, three weeks off with no – aside from, like, practice reps. Like, he won't have – a game in like three weeks. I also think the Knicks would just do as much as they can to just get a Carl off of him. And like once the and once that switch happens, like I think Jalen Brunson will be fine. Yeah. Cause like I think that's like a big thing that Cavs fans have been mentioning. Like, you know, and I've seen people talk about the this matchup and I've seen like clips and stuff like that. And, was you know, quick was quickly in foul trouble or something at the end of the first half? Yes. He had three fouls. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's why he got um he got pulled a little early. What the fuck was that? <laughs> are you fucking? No Did, are you watching? Wait, are you? What are you watching? I'm watching that play at the end of the first half. I have, I recorded oh, the game. Oh, with RJ. What this is? Yeah, I I just chuckled when I saw it. <clears throat> what? If you don't all laugh, you, you'll cry. That's all you can. He was chuckled. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! That's the laugh of somebody in pain, by the way. 
that's that's something. That is something. All right. Anyway, sorry. Sorry to interrupt. I just I was just wondering why Deuce was out there running. running yeah, that's point. why. Uh, yeah. But yeah, um, I think another inter- intriguing matchup I think is just like the Knicks bench versus the Cavs bench. Like if the Knicks bench can consistently produce at the level that they've been produce- they've been producing at um these last couple weeks, I think that will alone decide will turn the tides of this series and even yeah, turn the tide of the, of the series. Yeah, um it's kind of interesting. Like, I feel like we haven't seen. I feel like we haven't been at full strength in, for most of the, post All Star stretch. Feels like we've always been missing somebody. Brunson's mm-hmm. missed a bunch of time. Randall obviously missing the close of the season. RJ's missed time. It just feels like we've always been somebody down, man down, whatever. Um, so I, I'm interested to see how it all kind of pieces together, and then, um. You know, I just think the Knicks bench, like they've got, they've got to win their depth matchups, like big time. They thought that is their edge. Their edge is the depth matchups more than anything. Like, even if, like, they can win the series if they're three to seven to eight guys win their matchups, even if Mitchell and Garland theoretically outproduce like their matchup. Um, that's a big one, which is kind of why I think like the Mitch versus Allen one is a huge matchup. And, um, I mean, I feel like Mitch hasn't played Allen much at all. Like, he's played him once this year? Yeah, it might have been the first game. I think, I, I, I think Mitch might have missed that time. Maybe. Like, I feel like they just haven't played at all in forever. So it just feels like really, the Brooklyn days. Yeah, <laughs> it just feels like forever. So I don't know. It could be, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, I'll, I'll check it. He might have missed the first game in the game. I mean, Jared Allen isn't typically the type of center that gives Mitch type of trouble, anyways. So, like, he's not. But I, Allen might be able to keep off the the offensive glass. I will say this: they've been. So we talked to a guy yesterday on our pod. This guy uh, Bowser to Bowser, his handle on Twitter. Um, he's a Cavs fan. They've been the worst defensive rebounding team in the league since the All Star break. And you know, we talked about this before. Initially, you know, as we met, I think we talked about this in the last rundown we did. Uh, I just assumed it was because Allen had missed a bunch of time, and I'm sure that's part of it. But what he was saying is like, like Kevin Love for his dog shit as he was shooting and all that stuff. Like, he's still a great defensive rebounder, and you know, with Allen and Mobley, like even if both of them play 38 minutes a night, that still leaves 20 minutes where it's just one of them on the floor. Um or maybe neither of them on the floor, depending on how you work the rotations. And so it's just 20 minutes of like not good defensive rebounders that you have to field at the four or the five. And that's a big reason for it. And like that to me is just where the Knicks have to fucking make it count. They've got to win the possession battle in this series, be that, you know, in terms of turnovers, in terms of offensive rebounds, getting extra possessions. Um, They've got to win those. And I think if they can win, if they win the possession battle, they've got to, they've got a chance with or without Randall, but if they can't dominate the offensive glass and if they can't, um, you know, if they can't fucking, if they can't take care of the ball, they're going to have problems, but Cleveland's not been like a high turnover generating team. So I don't know if that's going to be so much of an issue. Um, And I do, I still feel this way. Like 
and this is like so much less about Julius Randle than I just feel like the matchup. I really wonder if like not having Randall can actually be okay in this matchup for the Knicks because they can like play faster, spread the floor more, move the ball more naturally without him. I don't know. Just a total theory. I mean, how could I know? We literally have not like Randall's fucking made of adamantium. So we haven't seen him uh, miss time much. So we'll see. Like, I, I think it's just a very interesting matchup for a lot of reasons, but without Randall, I, we're going to have to find a different way to win. You can't just out-physical them, that's for sure. You have to outrun them, I think. You do, yeah. It also helps that we have, like, two of the best offensive rebounders um, in the league right now on our team. Um, so, you know, that definitely helps with that defensive rebounding issue that the Cavs have. <clears throat> so we'll see if the Knicks can properly exploit that, because if they can, that's a huge advantage, like you said. <clears throat> Yeah, um, rebounding, winning those possessions, taking advantage of the minutes that Donovan Mitchell doesn't play and making them work for it on the, on, on the offensive end. Like, there's a pathway to winning, and I think the Knicks can get there. It's just a matter of how effective can it be when they get there. Hmm, I wonder if they try to hunt for Donovan Mitchell a bunch. The thing is, like, how do you really like? I think you have to hide him using Allen. So it's like, what's the matchup where you want Mobley guarding? Like, I think ideally it would be like you put quickly in and you have maybe quickly try to drive up against Mobley, but I don't know. Like, I think Mobley's like might bother quickly. I can see Hart. I can see Hart maybe just like Hart's gonna shoot. Up. If Hart, even if he just drives, like make Hart a driver and like have him passing on the drive, like Hart's a really physical driver. So I could see a role where you're just like, okay, Hart, we want you to basically just like pound the paint, do the RJ, just like try to get two feet into the paint, kick out, and do the RJ. <laughs> okay. What does what does that mean exactly? <laughs> All right, let's grow up, let's be adults. We're what? not thinking <laughs> like that. Your mind is in the gutter. Yeah. <laughs> you're all sick. Um, what? Right. Do the I don't RJ even know what you're um, getting at. <laughs> do the RJ can do a like, million things. Paint pressure, packing the paint, taking like, well, I did the ideal RJ was just like passing out of drives, but just like attacking the paint, just being really physical with um Mobley when he tries to like switch on them. But whatever, whatever, man. I, I give up. I'm not talking anymore. Y'all got it. Are you gonna cry now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all my cameras off. I'm weeping. Um, oh my yeah, I don't know. See, I this is a weird. I I feel like really weird talking about this. Like I I just I don't know what to make of this series without like I don't know what the fuck Randall's situation is. So I find it just very hard to talk about this series without knowing that. And I just and that's why I find the discussion around this series so weird, where people are like assuming his health and then making like because if he was healthy. I would understand why there's a bunch of people being like, the Knicks will win this series. I get that. But if he's not healthy, I'm not, I think they still can win the series. I just don't know how, and not just that, I don't, we, we just haven't seen the Knicks without Randall much at all for like four fucking years. Literally for like four seasons, the guy has, how many games has he, how, how many games has he missed? I think he missed one game his first year with the Knicks because his grandmother passed away, I think. Um, and then Two. he missed 
Then he, and then how many games did he miss the next year? Like one. One. He missed one because like yeah, when, he sat out a game in Milwaukee because uh, Alfred ran ran to his thigh. Yeah, and then last year he missed what like nine. Nine, and most yeah, of and those then, were him taking area management courses. So yeah. like, and then this year he's missed five. So in four years the guy has missed five, nine, two, one. What is that? Fucking seventeen games. Like we don't even know what this team is without him. So I just find it incredibly difficult to understand like the matchups and it's just, it's very, very odd. So I still, I think the next, honestly, I hate saying this. I, I really think they're probably like losing six, but that's just based on my the current knowledge of, yeah, I just, situation. I had like, it's, it's really just based on like my feelings. It's going to so, make a very, for a very interesting round table. Yeah. It, it'll be fun. Um, Jordan Bub asks, who's the MVP for the Knicks this season, the MIP, the DPOY, and the most disappointing player? I think these are all the... <laughs> well, I think I think we 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 don't need to do the last one. I think we already handled that for the first Yeah, the last one we spent like a good or... like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jordan Bub, we answered this question like all year and we answered it like fifty Daquan Jeffrey, fuck that yeah. guy. <laughs> it's Evan Fournier, actually. MVP this season, I think, is Randall. No. It's Randall. Shut the fuck up. No, anyway. it's quickly. Okay, we could all agree on quickly. Here at the Quickland. Sure. I just think I just think it is. Buy your like, shirts and sweaters. What, what, are, what is their record now without Brunson? Seven and six? Probably right? something like that. So, yeah. Seven and six. And they went five and two without RJ. So in games where one of their starting two Guards. guys has missed. Grimes missed what? Like, I mean, Grimes thing is so weird because it's like he missed a bunch of games at the start of the year. But quickly mm. didn't start those games, so it's it like, was Cam Reddish. Yeah, who we, we, you know we, we, we'll talk about Tyrese's him. favorite player. Um, so I think they're basically like what he actually has a jersey. Yeah, he's Cam Reddish jersey. Yeah, fucking huge Cam Reddish guy. <laughs> uh, I have a, I think I have a Kevin Knox jersey. Okay, don't get her twisted. Yeah, I think they're twelve and eight without when when quickly starts. So regardless of who's out, <clears throat> um, <clears throat> that's pretty good that's like what a 40 that's basically the win rate they're gonna finish at this year roughly 12 and eight eight, uh yeah roughly it's in the ballpark right um i don't know if like i i guess you could say like again this is where we don't know like i don't know if randall had gone out and obi had come in like that changes how you play that changes so many things like we don't know that all i know is that like when brunson's gone out when you lose Brunson, you're losing an all-star caliber guard. And for quickly to come in and help you deliver slightly above 500 ball when he's in for, for Brunson, that says something. When he can step in for R.J. Barrett and play as an undersized two guard next to Brunson and you go five and two, that says something. And for that in totality to be, you know, a fucking 47-48 win pace when he starts games says something. And the fact that he can... The fact that when he comes off the bench, he's juicing your bench to a degree where it's like, like, I mean, you've seen this now in these games where Brunson misses when, when quickly's off the floor in these games, the offense is garbage. Like it, it's trash. They can't score buckets. And when they do, it's kind of like, you know, it was like RJ bludgeoning his way to the rim, right? It's not like good offense, really. It's just, you're manufacturing buckets they've had the luxury of having two of one 
definite all-star caliber point guard in Brunson. And a second guy who like has stretches of all-star caliber point guard play, at least. That's a crazy luxury that not most teams have. And on top of that, we know that quickly can play off of the ball too next to Brunson and be awesome in that capacity. So maybe he's not the most valuable player, but like, I think he gives them flexibility and I think he's probably helped Brunson rest games that he might've otherwise not rested because if they didn't have quickly, you might've been like, well, gonna have to suit up for this one. Cause we're not going to win. If deuce is the starting point guard. And if, Derrick Rose has to step up as a backup point guard. Can I also say it's fucking weird that Derrick Rose hasn't played any of these games recently? Like, what Derek are we doing Rose, here? He's on a spiritual retreat in Tibet. No, he's on the bench in yeah. warm-ups. <laughs> yeah, get him on the, physics, get him on the floor on Sunday. Let's go. Come on. He probably, he, he probably will. So he can get the Derrick Rose chance. He'll get the sheet. He'll get the sheet minutes. That's fine. No way. What? Is Kyrie private on Twitter? <laughs> you cannot be. How many, bro, yeah. you're private with 4.8 million followers, bro. You're private in a glass house. We see you. <laughs> we see you. That's the funniest bro, thing. Bro, the sorry. Mavericks are a fucking joke. Oh, my gosh. I know we talked about the Mavericks before, but, like, man, that is hilarious. That, they're an embarrassing franchise. They're an oh, embarrassing God, franchise, and they deserve everything happening. This, this one's from Hug Life. Does Garland scare you? I feel like we can handle him. I don't. He shot 34% versus us this year. I mean, I know that's like four games, but it's whatever. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, it's like. He doesn't scare me. Yeah, he, he hasn't been like someone that's like. I mean, he had like a, what, a 50 point game this year versus like the Timberwolves and a loss, but like I think they were missing guys, so he had no choice but to go off. He doesn't get enough usage with Mitchell to like have a 50 point game ever, but. That's or to fine. like scare us. Yeah, I would. I'm not. No, he's, I'm a, not. he's a small guard. I think we have the per, the personnel capable. He's not like someone that's like <clears throat> as explosive offensively as Donovan Mitchell is. So like, I feel like we are able to help. We are able to contain him to a he he'd degree. scare me he'd scare me a lot more if they had somebody at the three that scared me I'll say the that. fact that we can help off of a coral and lamar stevens and evan mobley when they're spacing the floor helps a bunch yeah um, and i'll say that i actually think garland's gotten a lot better defensively from what i've seen of him he's way better on that end but he's still like you know he he's good at like team defense stuff he's not somebody you really trust in like one-on-one matchups but that's not a huge thing. Like that, I don't think he's. I don't think he's like a massive liability or something on the floor. Um, but offensively, he's really good. I just don't. Yeah, I'm kind of like. I, I agree. I think we can handle him. I think we can really slow him down. Like you're not gonna like, totally shut him off, but you can slow him down. <clears throat> and he was not good in the plan last year, which you know is worth noting. Very much so. We could just throw Sam on them with the same height anyway. What? Oh. Just, just throw Sam on them, dude. You get the wings, man. Aren't you tall? Aren't you as tall? Aren't you tall, Tyrese? I'm like 5'11, dude. I ain't Sam. Sam is different. I'm only 6'2. Like, why does everyone act like only I'm six six two. I'm only 6'2. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. I hate when people act like I'm like some 6'5, like giant or something. Like, no, I'm just. You might like... as well be. Yeah, boy. All right. Like, come on, dude. You're 6'2. That's close to 6'6. Six, six. And that's close to seven feet. All right. Now we're just like rounding up to the extremes. Tyrese actually rounded, Tyrese rounded up a foot, by the way. 
if you're six two, you're essentially seven you're seven three. You might as well be the tallest person in this, bro. Like wow. That's how it feels. <laughs> um front you is actually <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I think it's I think it's Joe. He got ratio on that. That was pretty great. He yeah. got absolutely fucking roasted on that shit. And then he had he he had no choice but to come out the next day. That's when he started spewing all the Jalen Brunson bullshit. <laughs> That's legitimately hilarious. Oh, uh, Jordan Bob, do we really have to? Do I really want to reminisce on this? I think it's easily the Dallas Maver- loss that it's we. It's the Mavericks game. It's the Mavericks game that we clearly should have won. <sighs> At least it gave us a chance. It gave us the chances. But maybe that loss might be a blessing in disguise. Can now we can um, trade their pick <laughs> and actually have value? Yeah, maybe maybe we'll get a pick out of it. Maybe, maybe just maybe. Larry Israel agrees says versus the Mavs. What's the best win for the next season? Jordan Bob asks as well. Double OT. Yeah, double OT against. Oh yeah, with quickly going off Boston. in Boston. It's either that. In parquet. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's that. I would have said like the Cleveland win, the last one they played against Cleveland was awesome, but that was like, it was a weird game, right? Because it's like Randall's out, fucking, Allen was out for them, and Nakora was. Out. It was just like not. It didn't feel like full strength whereas like the Celtics were basically full strength they didn't have what they didn't, did they have Robert Williams in that game uh I don't remember I don't think so no they but they were like so they didn't have Robert Williams but we didn't have Brunson it was they didn't have Robert game. Williams and they didn't have Brogdon I think oh man huge loss for them <laughs> net, net, they're missing their net negative bench player <laughs> must have been a huge loss fucking dipshit <laughs> um but like that was a game we had beaten them earlier in the week at the garden we kind of embarrassed them at the garden actually that week mm-hmm. we had just beat miami on friday so you kind of felt like okay if the knicks lost this game not a huge deal brunson's out and we went there and fucking handled our business and quickly fucking danced and pranced all over the fucking racist ass parquet floor they got up there um all over lucky's bum ass yeah so yeah that was that's probably my number one i would say i mean both wins in boston are up there they're fucking both of them are great wins the uh, other one was a was the overtime game where Jalen Brown missed the free throws, right? Yeah, the Randall meme. Yeah, that was a good one too. That was a good Randall meme. He's got a lot of good Sh- memes. He does. He does. Shout out to RJ for in that clutch three in that game, when he could actually like make a three pointer. And now he can't make a three pointer against the fucking Pelicans. How far we fallen? But you know, let's not let's not let's not think- dive too deep into RJ anymore. I think he answers a question that we already yeah. that already got asked. Um, yeah, those are probably the two, and then I would say, um, Miami, Miami was really good. I think, I honestly, all three wins against Miami, I think, are really good because they beat Miami the first time they beat them was without Brunson, too. Mm-hmm. And Mitch, yeah, no Mitch. And then the second time, they obviously is the Randall game winner, which is just kind of like this insane game. Uh, and then the last time, I think, is even I mean, it was great because it's like. Tibbs, that was maybe one of Tibbs' best. Tibbs trusted IQ and them yeah, to close out the game. Yeah, that was awesome. So all three of those Miami wins are great. The the Boston wins are great. I think some. I think the Cleveland wins. I mean, the second Cleveland win, or yeah, the second time we beat Cleveland was fucking awesome. We didn't have Mitch that game, and that was their full strength team. That was they had all their guys. They had Mitchell. They had Mobley. They had Allen. They had Garland. They had all of them, um, and we beat them. And that was that was a great win. That was like when Hartenstein finally got his shit together so that was mm-hmm. a really good one julius eight threes yeah that was great um 
I think that the Nuggets game at home, that was another great one. I mean, the Knicks have had a lot of really good wins this year. Got to say, they've had a lot of memorable wins this year. I, I would even say, like, I thought the game before they traded for Josh Hart where they beat Orlando and Orlando, that was a really good win. Um, Orlando's obviously finished the season really well, and they look like they're – if they just get a point guard, they're going to be a fucking problem. Um, and, yeah. I thought, and I thought the, the win they had right after All-Star break against Washington um, – that was a great comeback. Yeah, that was a great win. So they've had a lot of really solid wins this year. Like just fun games that you can go back and watch. And you're like, man, this fucking team is great. Love them. Knicks classics on MSG got a really good. Yeah. Can somebody like let MSG know, like we don't need 17 betting exchange programs. Like it's like, I don't need to see Jeff, whatever the fuck that guy is. (laughs) They've got like, they had like fucking John Henson on there. I'm like, really? Yeah, like, like, are you fucking for real? We got like this washed up NBA player who's probably already a multimillionaire. He's got to come on here and tell me what to bet on the spread here. Fuck out of here. Tell me how to lose my money. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love. Uh, I love. Uh, I love RJ Barrett's props tonight. Right. <laughs> okay. So you're telling me RJ Barrett's cursed by John Henson? <laughs> oh yeah, I think RJ Barrett's his three point props. You want to cash in on these? <laughs> Anyone saying that literally needs to like. <laughs> he he didn't say that, but I'm just, you know, I, I don't know. anyone that's like giving you RJ Barrett three point props like literally needs to like go into. You know what? I'm not even gonna say what I want to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, they had a really good win against the Pacers earlier. They had a, they had a nice comeback, right in Indiana. Mm, yes, I remember. That was a great. Yeah. That was a great win. That was the game ones. that Wally. Wally. That was the Wally game. That was the Wally game where Wally <laughs> got rid of Jalen Brunson's all-star selection. He was right, by the way. In one fell swoop. He was absolutely right. He, he was, was right. He was a prophet, a visionary. We stand with Wally. Are you going to like, yeah? Are you going to tell us that your blue lives matter too? Pretty soon? <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> I stand with I stand with uh, the NYPD. <laughs> okay, Eric Adams. <laughs> Tyrese, I know you've been in Texas for a while, but Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> All big, right, big Ted Cruz guy. <laughs> All right, you're sick. Are you are you more of an more of an Abbott guy? <laughs> you are all right. I, I I have nothing else to say. Oh my gosh! Or you like to, you like to keep it traditional? You're like, no, I just I die. I I I left politics when when George W. Bush left office. <laughs> oh. Why'd you move to Texas, girl? <laughs> Cost of living. You know, it's cheaper. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Look, man, you you get by on racism with good food. It balances each other out. It's like you guys see racist as long as your barbecue is good, as they say. <laughs> you, you, know, you laugh. This Tex-Mex is hitting. Oh yeah, I'm sure it's hitting. Oh my gosh. It's okay if they call me on the Edward on the way out. I'm so glad. 
<laughs> Ty- Tyrese goes to pick up his food. They're like, "Why don't you? Why don't you pick it up in the back?" Actually, <laughs> <laughs> sir, that's illegal. Not in Texas, buddy. <laughs> it's still 1961 here, pal. <laughs> oh my gosh. What is this stream turned into? <laughs> uh, oh my Yeah, like that, I, this, like anyone, if you don't, I, I gotta say this though. I gotta give it to Nick's Twitter. There just really was not like much happening on there tonight. Most of it was just like anger at the Mavs. So I'm proud yeah. of I'm proud of Nick's fans for finally- and like the occasion, the occasional ooh, Obi did that tonight. That was yeah. cool. It's I'm I'm very proud of Knicks fans for not like like by the way like this is the thing like I'm not really that upset about whatever RJ did tonight I mean one I didn't watch the fucking first three quarters but like it just is what it is so like I don't really like there's nothing to say there's you know we've already seen again 81 games it's like what what could possibly happen in this game that like we've not observed or had a reaction to already um so like. Anybody that is trying to get off real takes here from these games, like I don't know, fucking relax, buddy. It'll be okay. Oh my god! By the way, this this game on Sunday is going to be the most stupid, meaningless game of all time. But I'm still going to talk about our Barrett's passes per touch. <laughs> I will be watching those numbers very closely. Dibs was not a parlay respecter today, by the way. A tip, dude. I got to give credit to Tibbs, man. He's like. He probably saw Mitch, he saw Mitch trying to like yam everything in the space. He's like, "All right, buddy, your, ankle, your ankles are made of fucking like fucking balsa wood. Like we're good. Like we're not. You, you don't need to fucking be out here trying to do that." Uh, I so this is pretty interesting to me. Uh, just looking it up right now. I gotta, let me pull up the tankathon thing. I think mm. the Pacers are going to be looking at. They're 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 going to be trying extremely hard to lose this game. Um, they are thirty four and forty seven. Mm-hmm. I think the the Blazers are thirty three and forty seven. Are they playing right now? Blazers. They're playing tomorrow. Okay, so they got a back to back close season. So they're thirty three and forty seven. Orlando is thirty four and forty seven, and Washington is thirty five and forty six. I would guess in and Indiana today. You know what they did today, which is hilarious. They, on top of Halliburton and Miles Turner, who have been shut down already. And another guy who we can't think of. Duarte. Yeah, Duarte. Uh, he's just always hurt, though. He's not even shut down. He's just, like, chronically hurt. He, he needs to move back to New York and get some home cooking. That's what he needs. Um, he That, that fucking bullshit-ass, you know, Indiana food's not... That's, that's not... It's not helping him out. Malcolm Brogdon was always in the hospital, too. <laughs> uh, but, like, or, so Orlando's 34 40, But they also shut down TJ McConnell tonight. And they shut down Jalen Green. So they're like, they're just like, yeah, no, we're playing like Nesmith at the five. Like, that's what we're going to do from now on. Uh, That game is going to be terrible. I imagine the Knicks will play. I think the guys that play tonight are going to play that game. And honestly, like, as much as we shit on RJ, he needs to play that game. Like, he needs to get reps. Yeah, he needs as many minutes as he can get heading into the playoffs. Because whatever we say, like, he's going to start these games. So, um he, need, he needs those minutes. Quickly wants those minutes. Obi wants those minutes. Grimes wants those minutes. Hart apparently wants those minutes. God knows why. Uh, Hartenstein, we know, is going to play just 
because he wants to play all 82, which is great. So those guys are going to get their minutes. They'll be fine. I think the next next probably win by like 20 or something. Should be a pretty fun and stupid game that means absolutely nothing. Uh, even if they lost, I literally wouldn't care. Like if they, I, if I were, like, they should get fucking hammered on Saturday night. Show up super hungover and play that game. That's what I would do if I were them. That's what you would do if you weren't. Then that's what you're gonna do. Period. I am not gonna do that because I'm very mature. All right. All JL right. says. JL says, and I don't mean to bring the conversation back to this person, but says no Randall means an increased role for RJ. <laughs> Which I would not be confident in, especially in the playoffs. Increase uh, just, just so, game. how about that Quicklin merch, huh? Yeah. Great segue, Shwin. <laughs> I am not confident in it as well. Um, I will say I still think, like, the construct of a team without Randall. Like, this is the other thing. Like we didn't get Brunson in this minutes either. I think which might have benefited RJ. He seems to play a little bit better off of Brunson this year for whatever reason than quickly. Um, but like, I I feel like he should play better without Randall actually, which is weird. Like I should naturally be a little bit more spaced. There should be a little more movement. So maybe he benefits from that. But I agree. Like I'm not really confident in it. So you know, whatever. And are we sure that that's what that means? What are we? Oh, I mean, that's kind of like the the given, I would say. But like, it's I not feel really like we're a given these days. We're, we're assuming. Yeah, we're assuming. Not sure that it's hundred percent accurate. This is a great comment, by the way, by Walt Clark Frazier. <laughs> <laughs> The Boston parquet floor squeaks, squeaks racial epithets when you step on it. It's true. Just ask Kyrie. <laughs> That's what he has to say to that. Just fucking lighting sage up in there. <laughs> it would be so funny if the sage had like caught on fire on like <laughs> on like okay. Sam wants to burn down the stadium. You heard it here first, guys. Whoa. <laughs> Sam hates Lucky. <laughs> It'd be so funny if the entire stadium and maybe the city burned down. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Sam the arsonist? Sam the arsonist. Mm-hmm. All right. I think this is a great place to end. <laughs> We're yeah. losing our minds here. Not and there's nothing else to talk about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, shout out to everyone that tuned in. Make sure you leave a like and subscribe. We'll be back on Sunday, of course, after the Knicks possibly win. Um, that would bring us what to forty-eight wins yeah, on the season. Forty-eight sounds better than forty-seven. Yeah, I like the even number. Yeah. So yeah, Knicks will probably win that game. Bring us to forty-eight wins. <clears throat> Make sure you guys check out all the links to everything in the description. We got links to the site, merch. We just dropped the Quicklin merch. Make sure y'all go check that out. Like a whole bunch of y'all asked for. You know, shout out to Larry Israel. He bought Immaculate Vibes T-shirt. We got the Brunson merch too. The Brunson merch is good. Brunson merch is good as well. So we dropped the Brunson merch and we dropped the Quickly merch. Two great Knicks players that have had great seasons and will maybe get recognition for them. I know Quickly is going to win six minutes of the year. Jalen Brunson should probably get some consideration for all NBA nods. Um, he should have been an all-star. But make sure y'all go cop that merch. Celebrate a great season for great players on a great team. Um, so yeah, links for that is in the description. Um, 
and yeah we got links to the um site twitter and patreon patreon is another great way to support us as well um you get access to stricken roll show by schwinn here himself you also get access to the what is it the friday um the friday pod strickland as well as other shows and other articles all that good stuff make sure y'all check all that out um oh yeah and we're uh we're gonna be doing a little uh special thing for pod strickland on monday uh we will uh drop details on that on sunday afternoon so check that look out i'll be on it guys yeah that's definitely not the special thing we're doing it's like definitely not what we're gonna do they don't let me on it anymore yeah yeah oh man all right so make sure to check all that out leave a like subscribe we'll be back on sunday everyone enjoy your saturday peace out dental associates of northern virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist get top quality personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Sometimes your cat can be a mystery, like when they get so attached to certain cardboard boxes. (laughs) But when you use Fresh Step Cat Litter, there's no question that you're making your cat happy thanks to amazing odor control. Fresh Step Clumping Cat Litters prevent stinky crumbles and make scooping easy by locking in liquid and odor immediately. That means you can keep your house clean and your bond strong. There's no mystery here. Find Fresh Step Cat Litter at a store near you. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... The charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh, Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. (laughs) No, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.